Welcome to Matt Levitt Online, the podcast on all things top line. Matt has helped thousands of solopreneurs grow their businesses from concept to execution. Enjoy the episode. I often get questions about the power of sales inside a business. And we all know that raising your revenue, your top line growth has to come through selling products, selling some people call services. I argue that services are the aspect of what you have to offer, what your company has to offer around the product it is that you're selling. There's a great author and a person that I like to follow. His name is Mitch Horowitz. He's the author of The Miracle Club. And he wrote a special prayer, actually, for salesmen. And, quote, it goes like this. A prayer for salesmen by Mitch Horowitz. You are the salesman. You are the foundation of human commerce. You are the salesman. Without you, no services or inventions would reach those who need them. No homes would change hands. No safety or security would be, would be had through the issuance of insurance and sound financial plans. Products and advances would stagnate. Inventors, doctors, financiers, police, and peacemakers would not know how to find the tools they need or help others to use what they offer. Who praises your work? You are unseen by the scholar, the social critic, and the artist. But you support them. You send your children and loved ones to their schools and galleries. You sell their books and make their beautiful things available. You, the salesman, the person of commerce and service, who makes so much possible in our world. Contracts and selling appear in some of the earliest human documents. Your work is sacred. You are the salesman. You weather a thousand no's with patience until you discover that one person who needs what it is you offer. You are never bitter. You cannot be. You are the salesman, the one on whom all commerce depends. This hour we think of you. We pray for your success. We thank you for your forbearance. We ask God's blessing on you and those you support. You are the salesman. Never give up. We need you. Mitch Horowitz. Many business owners don't like to believe they're salespeople. And I challenge you as a business owner to become an expert at selling and to focus on selling, even if you have a team of salespeople. It's especially important for you to understand the mindset of selling and sales. Actually, we're all selling something all the time. When you persuade your kids to eat their vegetables or talk your friends into seeing a movie, you've selected or you are promoting an actual vacation spot that you want to go to and you want to take your spouse or your partner, your girlfriend, your loved one, whoever it is, you are selling. So we're all constantly selling something. Even though you are a, uh, a business person 
an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, person running a company with your life immutably connected to commerce, you have a tendency to overlook the power of what sales does for your business. We all do this. And this is part of what I teach in the act phase of my book, The Hex. I believe it's essential to to growing your business, to growing your top line, to growing your revenue. It is your revenue. I've spent my entire career consulting and working in the area of sales and marketing to help people improve their top line. And I remember when I very first was introduced to my uh, sales trainer, if you will, or sales inspirer, really, when I was 19 years old. And the paraphrase story goes like this. I started in financial services in that second business. I spent two years struggling. I couldn't make any money. I made very little money. I actually made some money, but not enough money to survive on. And therefore, going through college, I was still working other part-time jobs in addition to trying to build my financial services business. It was really difficult. And one day, I went to work for a landscape uh, company. It was a lawn and landscape maintenance company in Hayes, Kansas. A guy by the name of Myron Lessman ran Lessman Garden Center. And it was a beautiful job for me because I had a lot of experience with that, having my own lawn business for many years throughout junior high and high school. But it was difficult because I had to work for somebody else, and I was making about a fourth of the income that I made as a several years earlier as a young kid with my own business. So it was a little bit difficult for me to do that. However, I went in, clocked in, did my job, clocked out, went home. At the end of the season, I was asked to come back the next year to interview for the supervisor job for the lawn maintenance division. I would have been a 21 or 22. And I I thought about it all winter long. Um, and I was prepared to go in in March. And I got the phone call and said, we're ready to, to have you come in for an interview. I interviewed with Myron. Uh, for that position. They had two divisions of the company. One was a landscaping side and the other was a lawn maintenance side. Uh, The lawn maintenance side uh, was the area that I was going in for the interview. And that would be a major pay raise for for me. And I would have a lot more um, responsibility and a possibility to grow inside inside the company. So I was excited about it, obviously. Uh, yet, here's what happened. I went in, interviewed. Myron said, I've got a few more interviews I'm going to be doing. I'd like you to come back in a couple of days. We set up the next time to come in. I went in. And when I went in, here was the words that Myron said. <clears throat> he basically said, well, it, w- it went very much like this. Matt, I have decided to hire somebody else for the position the supervisor position. I'd like you to work under him during this season, this year. And then we can look at uh, having you involved somewhere else in the company over the next year or two. 
And I said, what? Are you kidding me? Who did you hire? And he told me who he hired. And I knew the gentleman. He worked with me the previous year as a part-time lad. Um, he was a bit older and had a family. Probably needed to have a supervisor position, but I didn't think that he was that good of a worker myself. And I said to Myron, I'm like, how could you not hire me? I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm way better um, at, the, at the position and I have a lot more experience. Myron said something to me that burned through me like hot fuel. He said, Matt, you simply do not have the sales skills necessary to work in that role. And I'd like you to spend the next year learning sales skills. And perhaps the following year, you can fill that position. Now, more than anything, I was embarrassed. I was disappointed at myself. But at the moment, I projected that disappointment onto Myron. I probably turned every shade of red you could imagine. I couldn't speak. I stood up. I shook his hand and I said, thank you very much. I won't be back. I turned around and I walked out the door. Now, that was a bold, bold thing for me to do at that moment, considering that I really couldn't put food on the table for just myself. <laughs> and I needed a job. Uh, and financial services just wasn't working out. My mentor had called me with financial services the week before and asked me to come to a training seminar in Kansas City. And I thought, there's no way. And in fact, I told him, no, I'm not going to this event. I don't have the money. It'd be too much, blah, blah, blah. And I uh, looked at it as an expense, not as an investment. But even as an investment, I didn't have the money to go. So after I walked out of Myron's office... On my way to my car, all I could hear was, these were not Myron's words, but they were the words that rang in my head. You suck at sales. That's it. You suck at sales. You suck at sales. That's it. Driving home, those words rang louder and louder and louder and by the time I got home I picked up my landline phone and I called my mentor in Kansas City and said hey do you still have spots available for that seminar that sales seminar and he said I sure do and I'd love to have you and so a week later I was uh, I found myself in Kansas City Missouri at a sales seminar convention where I met a man by the name of Hector and Hector was making oh probably uh, about 67 times the amount of money that I was making on a monthly basis annual basis you name it and I was completely blown away by the aspect of this person coming in talking before a crowd of maybe 200 people about his sales experience and about how he had developed his business into 
a such a stream of income. And during the breaks, I would go up and talk to Hector as much as I could, or mainly just listen to other people asking questions and talking to him. And I was so excited with the information that I was getting that I was on cloud nine. Hmm. Uh, at the end of the seminar, Hector said to me, he said, um, hey, look, uh, I'd like to spend more time with you. We got to get wrapped up here. Um, but I guess I'll see you over at Jim's house. Uh, Jim was my mentor. And I, I said, yeah, sure, okay. Now, I was not invited to Jim's house by Jim. And I knew that Jim was having a, a get-together with his top salespeople because a couple of the guys had mentioned that to me. And I wasn't invited to that because I certainly wasn't one of the top salespeople. <laughs> but with uh, Hector's response, I took that as an invitation. And I showed up, asked one of the guys the address. I showed up at Jim's house. When Jim's wife answered the door, she said, oh, hey, come on in. And so there I was in with Hector and the, and the rest of the group of the top salespeople. I didn't care about them because they were there to learn just like me. So Hector told me about this book. He told me about this book that was written and authored by Tom Hopkins. And Tom Hopkins wrote this, this book about how to master the art of selling. And he said that every day he listened to audio cassette tapes that were produced by Tom. And those audio cassette tapes he listened to over a two-year period of time. And he was able to master this concept of selling through that. And I thought, wow, I've got to get a hold of that book. I've got to get a hold of uh, these tapes. And so as I left Jim's house that night, and I uh, was inspired to get the book. I did find the book in a few days. Um, and I was able to then, uh, two weeks later, I was introduced to a gentleman by the name of Carlos in Colby, Kansas. I was uh, doing some work with uh, one of my uh, new um, people that was helping me with referring business. And we were going... Uh, to Carlos's place to present, and we did. And uh, then afterwards, we had some conversations. Carlos liked what he saw. Um, yeah, Carlos was the one who actually closed the deal. I still was learning how to master the art of selling. And I will say to you that afterwards, I said, you know, I really like your style. I like, you know, how did you become so good, Carlos, at what you do. You know, he had a successful printer business. He was selling printers at the time, uh, worked with Xerox and all those different companies. And he seemed like a pretty successful guy for what he was doing. And he said, you know, I, uh, I learned it through this, these audio cassette tapes called How to Master the Art of Selling. Now, you understand when the universe is in your favor when things are happening in a way that are just going your way. And that doesn't just happen by chance. That is the universe. Uh, and you, by intent, putting that out there, the needs that you have, and then them coming to you. We have to be aware of this information. We have to stay 
in touch with what our desires and what our intentions are. And by doing so, those things are going to be attracted to us. And sure enough, Carlos goes downstairs, comes back up, and he has a shoebox full of audio cassettes by Tom Hopkins. Uh, And his wife said, why don't you just give those to him? You haven't listened to those in years. So he handed them to me and said, my gift to you. And I was blown away. Uh, I took those audio cassettes. I happened to have an audio cassette player in my car. And I took those uh, and, and, and played them day after day after day after day. And I, I can remember even uh, having to take them in and get them worked on because the tapes were getting burned out. And it was so... it. This really changed my life. And that's what I want to share with you is that How to Master the Art of Selling was a great book. The concept, um, getting to understand how, how it worked. And I'm not saying you have to use How to Master the Art of Selling by Tom Hopkins. This is just what I used. And then it set me on this path. It was the beginning stages. I've gone back and reread, read, and listened to Tom Hopkins, seen many of his videos since actually was uh, invited to co-author a book with uh, 18 individuals and one of them was Tom Hopkins so that was pretty cool for me uh, many years later just a couple of years ago and so Tom Hopkins (laughs) How to Master the Art of Selling I encourage you to get the book and and The Miracle Club by Mitch Horowitz I would encourage you to get that book as well these stories that have happened to me in my life and these people that have had such major impact in my life will never go unnoticed. Thanks for listening. Be sure to visit mattlevittonline.com to sign up for emails and connect on social media for regular how-tos, business commentary, and more. That's mattlevittonline.com.